Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We are dropping another special episode with hundreds of full-time entertainers out of work. It has been fascinating to watch as our entire industry adapts to the current situation and begins to move online. I myself have been a part of several online magic shows and have watched with interest as dozens of online shows from magic, comedy, and other allied arts have popped up online. One of the first magicians to not only embrace but begin thriving in this new format is Paul Draper. I spoke to Paul via Skype from our respective at-home studios, and now you get to join our conversation. Paul Draper, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I normally like to do do these interviews in person, but uh, the world is sort of insane right now, so thanks for joining me on Skype. I wanted to talk to you because you have been doing some online magic shows for people. And I know I've done a couple myself, but you are really making a, a, a quite a nice business out of this, if I understand correctly. That's right. I, I uh, immediately realized that I had to transition. I had to pivot mm-hmm. uh, to, to uh, be pro-change, to see the world as it is. And, and to be an early adopter mm-hmm. of new technology and new change. And so um, as Jeff McBride has been telling people, and I, I appreciate him saying it, mm-hmm. that I was the last uh, magician in the world out there performing when this all uh, closed down, and, and I was the first to back up performing again. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he has a pretty good uh, touch on the world, that way of magic, to, to know that. Mm-hmm. So I was at Disneyland when Disneyland closed. Yes. And then they put me uh, in downtown Disney and in front of the gate to perform for people that were coming to the park even though the park was closed. Uh, and then they put me, uh, and then they put me right there at the last, the final last day before all that shut down as well. Mm-hmm. Even after the hotels had all closed down, and I was taking great precautions. And and three days before that, mm-hmm. I was performing uh, in the two million square foot uh, conference center with, for two hundred thousand people in Vegas um, for the last major trade show in Vegas before it all shut down. And I was taking great precautions with help from. Uh, uh, friends of mine that were mm-hmm. physicians, uh, where I would have people put on hand sanitizer on their hands mm-hmm. before they put on gloves, and right, and I had very minimal contact with people, and all mm-hmm. of my objects were fresh, brand new, and clean, and I had changed the show where people didn't really need to touch things unless they were brand new out of the package and they were taking them home, and mm-hmm. so it was. Uh, I was very fortunate in that uh, neither I nor the individuals I engaged with. Um, have have uh, contracted anything, uh, and then when when the realization came that everything was going to shut down, mm-hmm. um, it took me about two days to put together a Patreon page, mm-hmm. and from that uh, I have forty one had forty one people join me on Patreon, which gave me the seed money to go home and start a studio. Uh, luckily, as a individual. What people may not know is back when I was 18 years old, I was an Emmy award-winning documentary filmmaker. I had no uh, idea. So, I've known you for yeah. years, and I didn't know that you yeah. won an Emmy. I did, and so I, uh, so I uh, used those skills. Now, again, back then it was shooting on film, mm-hmm. right? But the but the information about how to place microphones and cameras and lighting and that. Uh, came came very quickly to me, but I didn't have the budget, yeah. and so I and so I had to do it all. I created a whole studio in my home mm-hmm. for under a hundred and eighty nine dollars, and I have wow. uh, 
on my Patreon page how to do that and how to turn a bedroom, half of a bedroom, into a studio that that looks great and how to set that all up. But I think that is so important that that you are sharing that. And before we go any further, can you just give our listeners uh, what your Patreon page is so that they can go to the page? Uh, contribute to help you out but also if they're interested in learning how to put together a home studio that would be a a valuable resource for them of course it's it's uh, patreon.com slash paul draper and also on there i've been giving money to other out-of-work artists Mm -hmm. and i've been i hired an out-of-work stage manager to stage manage my uh, Zoom shows and, mm-hmm. and WebEx shows and Skype shows and all of that. So, uh, and people on Patreon have donated money mm-hmm. to uh, in the tune of I've had I've had some pretty big donors that have allowed me to uh, to give away live shows for free to people because because I realized just in America, the United States alone, not even the Americas, not mm-hmm. even America. I mean North yeah. America. I mean. Just the United States alone, there are 80 million school-aged kids, 18 and under, who who are at home right now. 80 mm-hmm. million, and of those 80 million, 200,000 of them are having a birthday today, mm-hmm. and a birthday yesterday, and a birthday tomorrow. 200,000 every day, with no way to celebrate or gather together with their friends. And I want to give them birthday parties. I I am focusing on that, even though I'm not a birthday magician primarily. Mm-hmm. But but I think that that's a greater need right now than because because I. I started my love of magic by having magicians at my birthday when I was seven, eight, nine years old. Oh, yeah. And so and so I I looked at this and said, I can't perform for 200,000 kids a day. Uh, but that should let every magician know there's room for all of us. There's no competition here. But I can perform for four, five, six birthdays a day. Mm-hmm. And, and each of those birthdays, I can have... 50 or 100 families log in to watch it. And so, so far, I've performed for hundreds of people just in the last week, bringing them on here, whether they can pay or not, because I've had people, subscribers, donate money for me to be able to give away free shows to working parents or parents who have lost their jobs or single parents that are raising children that are having birthdays with no way to celebrate. That is phenomenal. And and I really appreciate all the people who've been able to make that happen for you and and also contribute towards donating you know birthday party shows to kids let me ask you about the magic that you're performing cuz i obviously haven't seen one of these shows uh but how has the magic that you were performing for these shows changed because of the very nature of the fact that uh you know i can't spread out a deck of cards for someone to select or have somebody write something secretly down on perhaps an impression device or something like that. How, how have you changed the magic for the formats for these shows? This is a great question. And what's fascinating to me is I've been interviewed on NPR and I've been interviewed on McBride's uh, classes and I've done about six podcasts this week. Mm-hmm. And you are the first person who has asked that very, very important question. So, so, this is the key for me on that. If they can go on YouTube 
and watch someone perform it, a beautiful, elegant mm -hmm. piece of sleight of hand that doesn't require any interaction, mm -hmm. then, then that is not what I want to perform mm -hmm. because I'm not providing anything new by performing that piece. That's mm -hmm. something that someone else has done. They've recorded. It's beautiful. Boom, it's done. Yep. If, if it requires someone's hand to come on from the side, so I have to have someone I'm quarantined with, a family member or whatever, to engage and interact with, that is not good either because because they don't know that that's not set up that's not purposeful that's not yeah. happening so so i i again i'm not a, a genius guy here it took me a couple of tries to get this right over multiple shows that i've done and it's still not right we i live a life where i believe in continuous improvement mm -hmm. as the motto of my life so i thought back to the models i had in my head from my childhood, I, I initially went to, okay, I'm going to try and be Captain Kangaroo. The problem with Captain Kangaroo, if you go back and look at the old footage of that, he had all these other characters. He was this grumpy guy mm -hmm. that uh, bad things happened to him, and these other characters were who we really related to. So that was wrong. Then I went to Mr. Wizard, and Mr. Wizard was like Bill Nye, the science guy. And, and Mr. Wizard... Again, you didn't have to be there. Then Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers had the great thing where he would say, you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will too. Mm -hmm. And he made us feel like we could talk to him, that he was talking to us, that we were having a conversation and, and he was doing the show just for me. And I, I went, oh, that there's something there. Mm -hmm. Then I went to... Uh, Blue's Clues was the next one. And Blue's Clues, where, where he, he would outright say, do you see the, the, the couch? Where's the couch? Point to the couch. Oh, there it is. Then I went to Dora the Explorer, where you could actually sometimes engage and interact off of other devices or, yeah. or change some computer game versions. And I thought, okay, this is what I need, is every piece of magic that I do has to be something that the magic only happens because of engagement and interaction and choices that they make through the screen. And it has to feel as if they are making it happen. It has to feel as if this is a unique show just for them. The show would be like the show would be completely different if they weren't here. The show would be completely different if they weren't making the choices they're making. And so so I had to dig deep through all of my effects and choose effects like that and also change the effects that I do. Mm -hmm. I, my spoon bending routine is as good as anyone's. I'd put it up against Uri Geller or Morgan or anybody that, that bends silverware. Mm -hmm. But I'm not doing it because it is not – the correct piece to do in this environment. It's really interesting. I've done uh, two or three online magic shows by request. I actually did one for uh, BarkBox as a client of mine, and uh, they asked me to do an online magic show. And essentially what it ended up being was me trying to do magic with a dog in my lap, uh, right. which, which presented its its own sort of interesting uh, set of... <laughs> it was really more about the dog being adorable than, than any of the, of the magic. But I, I remember getting done with that show and going, I definitely picked the wrong effects here. And it, and right. it sounds like what you're doing is is really interesting because they, they, they can make choices, right? And right. so you, so are you getting them to send those through like the chat feature in Zoom or are they also mic'd and so that they can sort of respond to you in real time? Right. So 
uh, on Zoom, Skype, and WebEx, I can have up to 100 people or 100 families mm-hmm. who, who can come on. And so I've sometimes had uh, Utah families with 14 kids. I mean, I've, I've sometimes had hundreds of people per show that are engaged in watching Mm -hmm. because I don't want to be handling the tech while that's happening. Mm -hmm. I've hired a stage manager, an external individual who's Mm -hmm. out of work, uh, and I'm paying him a a good fee even for the free shows, right, Mm -hmm. to to manage it for me. So I can see their faces and I don't watch myself Mm -hmm. on the camera. I practice beforehand Mm -hmm. with a tool like Photo Booth or or something to to practice. So you know where you're the edge of your frame is doing in the same way that when we're on stage, we don't have a monitor, a video monitor watching ourselves while performing Mm -hmm. for an audience. You know, I'm, I'm really disheartened by how many magicians are watching themselves while performing. Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, it's more like shooting live television. And I, and I, uh, watch all of their faces and I call on them by name by, and sometimes it's their family name mm-hmm. rather than their name. So I just call by the last name. I get mm-hmm. a list of the kids' names ahead of time or the adults' names beforehand. I then have my stage manager unmute and remute people, bring up their screen, uh, okay. split screen people. And so they're able to make choices. I ask people in the audience. I do all the kids stuff that you do in a in a family show. Wave your hands. You know, mm-hmm. if a if a parent, I ask. I customize every show. If a parent says their child's favorite book is Harry Potter, uh, they're going to use the phrase Wingardium Leviosa to make it levitate. Mm-hmm. Versus if their favorite thing is Star Wars, they're going to use the Force to make it levitate. Versus mm-hmm. if their favorite thing is Mario Brothers, they're going to help me collect coins in a miser's dream. Mm-hmm. I'm changing what I'm doing based upon the child. They tell me their favorite color, and I incorporate that into what I'm wearing and the effects that I'm doing. And That's- so... That's yeah. interesting, especially like those two effect choices, like doing a levitation or doing a miser's dream. Like I wouldn't think to do a miser's dream, uh, but it, because you are muting and unmuting and, and allowing them to sort of participate in the show, something that is inherently interactive in a stage show still works for you here because you're, I would imagine they're, you know, in a miser's dream, they're like pointing to different areas where they want the coins to appear. And so you're doing that sort of a thing and incorporating their choices into this effect that fundamentally that usually doesn't have them making choices. That's that's a really interesting approach. Exactly. So so a miser's dream would not necessarily be the oral levitation, would not necessarily be the right effect. Mm-hmm. But it does but it quickly becomes the right effect if they are the cause to it. Mm-hmm. That they're the one making it happen. That through them staring, glaring, clapping, snapping, whatever it is they do, mm-hmm. that they are doing it. And if they weren't doing it, that the magic wouldn't happen. That, uh, that you as the performer are not the cause to the effect, that they are the cause to the effect, that in, in, the, in the Meister's Dream, and again, if you're going to do Meister's Dream, you have to have a high-quality microphone mm-hmm. or it will sound horrible. Yeah. It is a horrible, horrible sound, and it can't be as long of a routine, and you don't, don't just bring your stuffed animal and pluck coins off of it. It looks mm-hmm. terrible, mm-hmm. and make it a much shorter routine, but they are creating the magic. And even better, if you can in real time then take that coin, uh, sign it, right? Show it that it's signed to that birthday child with their name on it. Uh, spray it, you know, spray it with Lysol or mm-hmm. wrap it in a in a in a hand wipe, right? Mm-hmm. Drop it in the envelope and say this will be mailed to you. Mm-hmm. And so 
uh, some magicians are saying they're going to mail things to people before the show. That's terrible right now because really if you mail something to them, it might take weeks and they're going to need to self-quarantine that item for a while Mm -hmm. once it gets to them. So don't don't be mailing things to people that they need for the show, but you can mail them gifts for later. I I think that's a that's a really interesting point that we need to it's okay to share something with people, but uh, make sure that they need to. They can do it in a safe way because you don't know if they're immunocompromised or if there's someone in their family they're quarantining with is immunocompromised. And so it's right. it's really important to do that safely. And and I also like how you keep hammering home the the quality uh, of these shows because I I think that what has been interesting for me in all of this is watching uh, the late night hosts like you can uh, right. where they the original quality of their videos wasn't even up to scratch on like a Twitch video game streamers standards. Right. The the one who, the one who was immediately the highest quality and the most available to watch was the daily show. And it seems to me is because they're used to going out and doing sort of field pieces all the time that they probably had that equipment. Uh, Are you, you're probably using something like an Elgato cam link to take a high quality camera and turn it into a webcam or something like that. So again, my goal with this mm-hmm. was to do was to create my studio very inexpensively, mm-hmm. and so that was my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of the tools I'm using, that Zoom is going to compress my image anyway, gotcha. and and uh, WebEx is going to drastically mm-hmm. uh, compress my image. Uh, the the quality of the camera is not as important mm-hmm. as the quality of the lighting. Uh, lighting is so important. I can't can't stress enough people put a, put a key light on you so that people can see your face. Right. And so, so you have to have backlighting, key lighting, front lighting. Mm -hmm. You have to understand the colors of those lights. You have to understand, you know, how, uh, how powerful they are, where Mm -hmm. to point them. You have to powder your face so that you're not shiny, Mm -hmm. stay out of a glare. I mean, there are a lot of things and I, and I have a video on this and I'll, I'll be creating more as, as time goes on on my Patreon page and mm-hmm. eventually releasing them onto YouTube. But, mm-hmm. but and I'm happy other – I've had four magicians so far. I've been offering consultations to magicians for years mm-hmm. for $150 an hour. But right now, $75 an hour or if you're in real desperate need, mm-hmm. contact me and I will help you. But yeah. it's uh, – and, and I will make time for you because we are a family of magicians and we need to help each other. But uh, but yes, the, the, I've created a very inexpensive studio with a – my microphone was $45. My mm-hmm. lights are LED desk lamps. And, mm-hmm. and But it's about knowing where to put them, how to use them, when to use them. Well, I think if anyone wants to do a sort of online magic show, I can't highly recommend enough going to your Patreon, donating, and getting some of that information. Because what you're talking about is not hard. Um, right. And it's not expensive, but it is important right. to understand what you're getting into. I think that, you know, a lot of the stuff we do at Penguin, you know, we have access to a very nice private studio that we're able to produce our videos in. Um, but right. even even with if that material, even if the the gear you're using is super high quality, if you're not putting the lights in the right way, if you're not setting the camera to the right settings, if you're not taking care to make sure that your audio levels are correct, it, it will look terrible even if you're using expensive gear. It's, it's you- how you use it, not what you're using. I've been amazed at, at magicians putting their camera too high or too low or not being willing to make the space. Uh, one magician I, I literally yelled at because mm-hmm. he said, he said, Paul, I don't have room in my home. To I am struggling. My family, to, I don't have enough money for food. 
uh, I'm really in trouble. I'm going on trying to get on unemployment, but the money isn't coming in. I don't have room in my house to set up a studio like you have. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, my studio is five foot by 10 foot. Mm -hmm. Do you have a bedroom? And he says, yes, I'm in a, in a two bedroom. And I said, okay, what's, what's in the other bedroom? My kids are in the other bedroom. Great. And, and, uh, your bedroom, how big is it? And he said, well, it's 10 foot by 10 foot. Oh, that's so wonderful. Mm -hmm. So take your bed, push it up against the wall, yeah. turn half of that room into your studio because that's where you now perform. Mm -hmm. And, and if you have to do that permanently, or if you have to do it, uh, just every day, tear it down and put it back up, mm -hmm. that's fine. Normally you would load your stuff into the car, drive it to a theater, unload it into the theater, set up, reload it into your car, reload it home into your garage. It's less work to every day set up and tear down a studio. You can do this. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's surprisingly easy to set things up in a home studio for making to make a show look just a little bit better. And even even something as simple as like uh, uh, hanging a sheet uh, so that you have like a proper backdrop, you know, that you've laundered and, and de-wrinkled uh, can make right. just a massive difference in the way it looks. Right. Well, so, yeah. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been very uh, joyful to be able to see the faces of these kids. Uh, I'm currently working with a um, with a major organization to try and get devices for homeless uh, mm -hmm. children uh, so that they can they can uh, do their schoolwork, connect with other students, can connect with each other, be online, search for jobs, search for money. Uh, and also that I can do a magic show for some some homeless populations as well. So that's that's something I have an organization I'm working with right now to uh, start implementing that first in California and then in some other states as well, depending upon how long this goes on. That's really great to hear as you uh, are able to make more of that information available. Please let me know and I'll be sure to tag it on to uh, the end or the beginning of the Penguin Magic podcast in the future so that people can find out more information on how to help uh, with getting uh, getting sort of some sort of entertainment to uh, to the homeless populations in the, in the communities that you're serving. So if they want to see more about what I'm doing, you can go to mentalmysteries.com. My uh, for specifically for the online is mentalmysteries.com/online. The uh, you can join my newsletter there, which comes out about ten times a year. So I'm not coming out every week. I'm not even coming out every month. About ten times a year. I'd love to have people join that. I have a Facebook fan page, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, all of those great things. Or the Patreon at patreon.com/pauldraper. Well, Paul Draper, thanks so much for joining us here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. And everyone, please go check out uh, Paul's Patreon and uh, and contribute towards him and, and all the great work that he's doing. And also, if you want to do your own shows online, Paul seems to be the, one of the best resources out there right now. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing all of your magic soon. That's going to do it for today, kids. Thanks to Paul for the conversation, and thanks to you for listening. It will be interesting to see the future of online magic as time progresses. One thing is for certain, this is a box that has been thrown wide open, and I don't think we will ever close it. Even after life gets back to some sort of normal, I think online shows are going to be here to stay. As the technology for this becomes less expensive, easier to use, and broadcast quality continues to improve, it will only become more accessible to the community at large. The real question that we now have to answer as an art is what does our magic look like in this new venue, because it's going to continue to exist in this venue for a long time to come. 
I'll be back speaking to you on our usual Thursday schedule with my guest, Charlie Fry. The YouTube video for this will be posted shortly after that episode airs, and you are going to want to check it out. Charlie is always practicing and moving, and being interviewed for the Penguin Magic podcast is no exception. Charlie does some beautiful manipulation work while we talk, and it's well worth watching. Remember, we are a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episode on the social media platform that you watch most of your online magic shows on. If you wanted to speak to me about anything in today's show, be sure to take control of the smart lighting in my house and speak to me through the language of the aliens and close encounters of the third kind. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, Practice, practice, wash your hands.